This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. All right, friends, welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so excited to have some of, honestly, like legends in our space right now. I don't think any of us would call ourselves that, but I can tell you at this moment, these are some of the women who have influenced me, who I've leaned on, who I've gained inspiration from, who have truly helped me grow to become the leader I am of the Ops Authority. And as you're looking at this or listening to this, you may be asking yourself like, wow, aren't these Natalie's competitors? Aren't these the people that, you know, they share an audience or maybe they go from me to you. And I just want to say that all of us are actually friends in real life. We have a lot of the same brains. We have the same passion. We have a lot of things that bring us together. And at the same time, we appreciate that we can really share audiences. So I have pulled all of us together to talk about something that's near and dear to every single one of us. I was going to record this episode by myself and I thought, why would I do that when I can get much better, bigger perspectives from people who have the same heart, the same service, and and are truly going to work every single day to serve a similar audience as me. So I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves, but the focus for today is what I am calling the state of the union for service providers and service providing professionals. That is you. If you're listening to this podcast today, you have taken the gift that God has given you. You've turned that into a sellable asset that you are able to partner with your client maybe several clients, and be able to serve them with those gifts. That is who I define as a service provider. And this is all for you today. If you want to know from our perspective, the gals, my peers, who I feel are leading the charge, who have gone before you, who have done all the pieces, experienced all the good, all the bad, experienced successes and failures, setbacks, all of that, we have already been there We're looking out for you guys on a daily basis because you are the people that we coach, we mentor, we teach, we partner with, we care about. So I want you to hear it from all of us instead of just me on what we think is working and not working and also help you to see where we can go forward in 2022. We're going to have a two-part interview series today. The first part, we're going to be talking about kind of reflecting on what was working in the past year or two. And then our second part, which we hope you'll join us for next week, we're going to be looking forward as to setting you up for better success as we move forward. Alrighty, friends, that's enough for me. If if you're listening today, you already know a lot about my backstory. We have another 125 plus episodes that you can listen to to gather more about me. Today, I'm going to turn it over to my friends, give them a little time to do an intro, and then we'll wrap up into our questions for today. I'm going to start with you, Lauren. Hey, Natalie and everybody. Thank you so much, first of all, for coordinating this, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Lauren Golden. I'm the founder of The Free Mama, and I specifically work with working moms and teach them how to start and run a successful freelancing business from home. So 
all the moms out there who are like, I want to be with my babies and I want to work. I want to have a career, but I want a little more control over my earning potential and how I spend my time and who I get to work with and how I leverage my skills. Those are my people. And yeah, we have a 12 month coaching program where I take them through how to go from nothing to we've got six figure earners inside of our community. So that's me. And that's what I do. Come hang out. Awesome. Jordan. Hey, y'all. Coming from Texas as well. Just right up 35 from Natalie. I'm Jordan Gill, and I am the founder of System Saved Me. And we are specializing in helping burnout service providers replace their monthly retainers with virtual VIP days. So my people are the people who are like, you know, I can't do the same thing every single day. (laughs) And I uh, just really want to focus and be in my zone of genius for a few days a month. And the rest of the time do jigsaw puzzles like me or travel or do whatever it is that you want to do. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and my business. Fantastic. Sarah Wiles. Good morning, everybody. I am in usually sunny South Florida, but it's rainy today and I help people start online businesses. So I primarily support folks who call themselves virtual assistants. I help those folks get started. And then I also coach and mentor folks that are coaches, course creators, consultants, and all of those types of people. My big thing is I love helping people start or scale online virtual support businesses in weeks instead of years. Thanks for having us, Natalie. Yeah, so excited. Tasha. Hey, hey there. I am Tasha Booth. I'm the CEO and founder of The Launch Guild. So I own a full service launch support agency. I also help establish virtual support pros grow and scale their businesses. So I work with virtual support pros in two ways. One of those ways is a certification program for launch managers. And the other way is through a program for agency owners. I'm also the host of the How She Did That podcast. And Natalie, I love talking to you. So I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much. Miss Michaela. Hey guys, I'm Michaela coming to you from Kansas City. I am a wife, mom of soon to be five kids this May. Holy moly, don't know what I'm doing, but (laughs) that's what it is. Anyways, I'm a former teacher turned freelancer turned mentor helping other moms who want to be at home with their kids, but still need that income, figure out how to make it happen. So I specifically work with women in a variety of industries, helping them leverage their current experience into a freelance business. So super excited to be here and can't wait to talk about the state of the freelance industry. I love it. And last but not least, my friend, Sarah Nokehead. Thanks for having me, Natalie. I am Sarah Noked, and I am the founder of OBM School. And about 10 years ago, I successfully escaped my corporate gig and I became an online business manager, scaled to an agency owner, and then opened up OBM School. And I've been training OBMs for the last five years through a certification program, as well as through our accelerator, which is for those who are just getting out of corporate or those experienced freelancers who are looking to up-level their services or add-on online business management services. And I'm actually based in Israel, originally from Canada. So expat over here. And I'm just really thrilled and excited to be amongst such incredible women here today. And thank you for hosting this, Natalie. 
for being on this podcast. Woohoo! Yes, I'm so excited to kick this off. Like I said, when I was thinking about my podcast content, as we all do, thinking about you know how we're going to wrap up the year, and it seems kind of predictable. I've been podcasting for the last three years, and every December it kind of becomes very reflective for me, as it is for every single person, honestly, professionally and personally. Right? We're setting our intentions and our goals, maybe our affirmations maybe our resolutions for the upcoming year. And we do the exact same thing in our business. And as I was doing that, I was like, man, I know my perspective and I've recorded my perspective for the last three years. Now it's time to bring in other people who I partner with on on a really frequent basis and who really have the same passion I do for the people that we serve. So as you can hear with all of these amazing introductions, all of us have service at our bones. We have all been service providers ourselves. In all of these cases, all seven of us today, you will see how we have taken the gifts that we have leveraged and created in a one-to-one space and have then moved them on into, as we have developed as people and as professionals, we've taken those skills and those gifts. And now we, we serve this audience in another capacity. So I want you to know if you're listening in today, we have all been service providers. We have leveraged those gifts, continue to up-level ourselves. We are coaches, we are mentors, we are certifying bodies. We do all of those things, but at the bones of us, we know what service provider work is like. And also because we do have the influence over the amazing service providers today, we're keeping an eye on what the market is looking for. We're keeping an eye on how things are changing because we want you ultimately to be the most successful that you can be. When you are successful, we are fulfilled. So it is our job truly, and something that probably comes by us very natively and naturally to be looking out for you guys. So today, I hope that all of this information will help you springboard yourself forward and to help you see yourself in the best light that you can be. One of the things that I'm always looking at and talking about is being the next best version of yourself. I don't want that just for you as a listener. I want that for these peers that are that have joined me today. And I certainly want that for myself. And so sometimes it takes listening and getting the perspective. I would say it always takes getting the perspective of the people around you to help you elevate yourself. And so I hope you walk away with that today. That is my my intention for bringing us all together. So in this first part of the State of the Union for service providing professionals, I want to focus on what we have seen or what we're currently seeing. And then next week, we're going to be talking about kind of our predictions for this upcoming year in 2022. Let's just start with how in the world are we wrapping up 2021? Like 2020 felt like it crawled by and 2021 has just been real fast. (laughs) So we're going to dive into some of these reflective questions. Our first question I'd like to us to kind of jam on is what has been working for the service professionals that you support? We'll start with you, Michaela. So I think first, one of the things that has been working and probably for everyone is just the demand of companies hiring and the amount of opportunities that there are out there for service providers, freelancers has grown so much. So many people are looking and I know we're going to talk about the market here in a little bit, but first off, like the demand has been working for everyone. If you're a freelancer, you know it, you've seen it. And then I think within that, for those people who have been consistently freelancing already, you already have your business up and running. One thing that has been working is 
paying attention to what's going on, paying attention to what's happening in your client's business or in other, you know, in businesses out there, what's happening in the world? How is that impacting business owners and like reading into that and seeing, okay, how does this impact me now as a freelancer? When we look at 2020 and, you know, everything shut down, a lot of people, some people lost clients and those people that didn't freak out, that didn't panic and like throw in the towel were able to look at that and pivot in their business. And a lot of people I saw started helping traditional brick and mortar businesses get online. So there was just so many opportunities for those people who were paying attention and not not panicking when, you know, we all experienced craziness in 2020. And then with that, just being consistent. For people that are getting started, I think the hardest part is just staying consistent in the beginning. And we run like 30-day challenges, you know, land your first or next client. And in those, I see about week four or not week 14, day 14, people who haven't landed a client yet in 14 days, like that's kind of a crazy expectation to have. But people who haven't landed that client yet, I see people start to get discouraged and like, oh, this isn't going to work for me. This isn't going to work for me. But the people that stay positive, stay focused and are like, okay, I'm just going to focus on what I can control and stay consistent and show up for these 30 days, they start to land discovery calls and then land clients. And it's that consistency of showing up, it's that built up momentum that continues to propel them forward. Yeah, Jordan here, piggybacking off of what Michaela said, I think what's really been working for service providers, kind of the one thing, if you nail it down, is like finally owning that they're experts. I think that there's this idea that like, oh, I just do the thing. And it's like, you know, like (laughs) that's kind of a big deal. And like you actually know your stuff. So owning that and being like, yeah, I'm coming into your business and you have built your business and in this way. However, I'm coming in with this new lens, this new fresh perspective, and I know what I'm talking about and trust me. And just really coming in with that ownership of the fact that you know what you're doing instead of thinking like, oh, I have to kind of wiggle my way into an existing situation and just follow the steps. No, (laughs) I'm big on breaking the status quo and making things better versus just, again, kind of going along with what's been working and you know, not really seeing a need to shine bright. I'm like, shine brighter, (laughs) own your stuff. So I would say that's probably been really fun to see in my space is really service providers showing up and being like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Say something really similar, Jordan. Thanks. It's Sarah Wiles here. I think in the beginning, when folks start coming online, it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? You're like, what skills do I have from all these past careers and positions and roles that I've been in? And I got to throw it at the wall and I got to see what sticks, right? And you kind of have to do that long enough to figure out what your unique online skill set is. But then once you get to that point where you've tried enough things to really know, I like this and I don't like this and I want to do this, because of what Michaela was saying about the demand being so high, whatever unique skill set that is, there's a fit for that on someone's team. And the beauty in the roles that our folks play, right, in the industries that we serve is that you really don't need 100 clients to be profitable in the work that you're doing. So using the skill set and the work that you love doing, you can find work and clients that pay you well and treat you well. And I think that is something that's been beautiful to watch and see. And as the demand increases, the ability to really create that business and do the work that you love to do is absolutely there. 
The good thing for all of us is the need, and I think you've heard this through all of these responses, the need for your gift is needed. It's needed more than ever. And that takes me into this question on the market. I'm always kind of one of these economical nerds that's looking at what the landscape looks like bigger than me, right? Even when I was in corporate, it was like, so I'm an old lady here. (laughs) But in 2008, when we were seeing the big downturn of the economy, I was fairly, you know, I was much younger, certainly wasn't thinking, you know, in the same way I was affected by it differently. I was pretty young in my career. And I still saw people around me. I was thinking about my parents at that time when the economical downturn truly created real, real misfortune for so many people. I just got chills thinking about that because I was in the banking and healthcare industries at that time. And friends, I mean, it was a big, big mess. And so since that point, that was a, you know, that was real pivotal for me. I started to be around and be a part of conversations where the economy really affected. I was starting to see how the economy truly affected how the workforce, you know, how they were going to continue, how their personal lives intertwined with their professional lives. And so with that, I've just always looked at the market. And as I have navigated in my own professional journey from corporate into entrepreneurship and running my own businesses, I look at it all the time. It is a real indicator. It's a motivator for us as service professionals who have all of these skills to stay attuned to the economy and to the market so that you can see where you fit, where your opportunities are. Friends, I do this all the time. When you see people who are quote unquote successful, and I'm not talking just in the online space, I'm talking in brick and mortars, I'm talking in any business, you see lots and lots of people, businesses, corporations shine out of economic changes, both good and bad, right? We are looking at things that, I mean, just economically thinking of like Bitcoin today, guys, talking about AI talking about all of these opportunities that are coming, that are that are here now. Technology in general has changed our lives in ways that we all, you know, we think of technology, we think of social media, but think of all of the AI, think of the chatbots, think of all of the things that are happening. Think about digital banking. I mean, there's just so many different things and all of those products, services, inventions, came about because the market had changed. And so I want to bring that market conversation to you as a service provider today. Because I can certainly see that the market has changed. Clearly, doesn't matter what part of the land you sit and you lay your head down. In the last 24 months, we have really experienced something new, something that our entire, probably none of us listening to have experienced a pandemic. And I can put myself back into March, 2020, man, (laughs) what a world, the, the nicest word I can come up with is whirlwind. And I have plenty other expletives that I could use, but frankly, I was really scared. I was scared for my business. I was scared for my family. Of course, I was scared for my health. I was scared for our community. I was scared for our nation scared. Like you, every word, every sentence I just shared had the word scared. I was fearful. I didn't know what to do. And for the first time in my gener- in my life and in our generation, we were feeling real uncertainty, right? A lot of us live in nations that feel very protective. Nothing felt protected at that point. And so I started to look at the economy. Like what's, when I think about just our businesses, I know all of us had side conversations and certainly spent lots of time and thought on what could happen. And 
I would say that we're a pretty optimistic group. I mean, if you're in business ownership, you may be a realist, but you have to have a lot of hope and a lot of faith that what you have, your idea, your thing, you are capable of changing, pivoting, and bringing the right thing to the market. So what you had in February of 2020, you realize may not work in April of 2020, but all of us are swift enough to be able to change that. And so as the market has changed, I want to talk about how you see the impact of the market changing in the world of service providership. I'll start with you, Lauren. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned the word nerd at the beginning of this session because I'm like, I got a big, big nerd flag. So we're gonna get, I like data is what I should say. I love data, I love numbers. I use them in my webinars. I use them when I teach because I'm a highly logical person, but also like you were talking about, a lot of people were scared. And like several of you have referenced, when when we first decide to start a business, we've got all these limiting beliefs and all that. And so I'm like, when we can bring it back to the data, the actual facts, a lot of times that can shift us back into action, which is what will actually get us results. So just some like wowzers, because yes, I did research in preparation for this because I'm a nerd. So Q1, 2021, this year, Q1, way back when, 7.6 million job vacancies. So we've all heard about the great resignation. You can't get on your phone and look at a news story and not see some sort of story about this great resignation. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. From Q1 to Q2, over 2 million more job vacancies. So like people are leaving and we can talk, I'm sure we'll have a lovely little discussion about why, but there's the COVID concerns, there's lifestyle concerns and not just concerns, but like a lot of people have gotten into our world of this online service provider because they're like, hang on, I had six months stuck at home with my family and my priorities kind of got adjusted and I'm reevaluating what I actually want my life to look like. And it's amazing, but there's also mental health concerns. There's also childcare concerns. Like there's like very real things. And so this is a really dynamic moving thing. So my one word for what I've seen happening in the market over the last year is movement. People are moving because while we talked about the job vacancies, we know 4.4 million people in September alone of this year left their job. What not as many people are talking about is that 6.5 million people were hired in September for a job. So over 2 million more people than who left are actually starting to fill some of these vacancies. So there is movement. People are shifting industries. More people opened an LLC in 2020 than like, I don't have that data in front of me, but I got it in a webinar somewhere. It was a lot. Like a lot of people were like, I'm hanging up my nine to five hat and I'm going to double down on myself because there are so many opportunities. And because of the demands of the pandemic making work remote and the demands of workers saying, hang on, I'm not willing to give this up. There's been a lot of transition from maybe what what, what used to be a W-2, having opportunities, not just for flex workspace, but also for independent contractors to come in and fill some of those roles as well. You know, we know there are certain industries that were hit the hardest, hospitality being one of them in terms of, of job loss, but that really plays into our space as well. You know, I'm a Tony Robbins fan. I'm in the ClickFunnels world. I love Russell Brunson. I love Sage Events and all of these people in this online industry who host these huge in-person events and draw up a lot of their business, both for their software and their and their coaching programs and their service providers and all of these things that were doing it in person. 
they had to learn how to go online. So just from like hospitality, I've had a ton of people in my world come from the hospitality industry and they're applying those exact same skills to the digital space. I mean, virtual event planning is now very much a regular thing that it existed before. There were people helping people with summits and launches and challenges. It's not new, but it's growing, it's expanding. And so I think a lot more people are connecting the dots in the market about how their skills are transferable to something that's going to bring them more job satisfaction satisfaction, whether it's through their own career or not. Darren Oked here chiming in. Thank you, Lauren, for all of those beautiful stats. And it's just been remarkable to see that evolution. And I'm going to totally piggyback off of your movement word because while I was thinking something similar to myself, it has been movement at the speed of light, speaking specifically about the digital space. So I know you talked a lot about the economy in general, but from my perspective, Looking at our online space, I don't know who came up with this quote, but the online world moves in dog years. And I feel like this last 24 months has just exasperated that to the millionth because whatever we saw moving lightning speed before in the digital space is moving 20 times as fast. So we're seeing softwares evolve faster than we can blink. We're seeing new softwares in the online space. Like, you know, whereas yes, definitely in the brick and mortar type regular, regular layman economy, you know, if I can call it that, like the regular world is moving at its own pace. And then we have in the digital space, this movement, this, you know, almost explosion of activity where entrepreneurs in the online space, I think because of the tools and the software and the technology, we can get creative, we can do fun things and move with that speed and change up the softwares, change up the way that we're running events, leverage almost the pandemic in a way that allows us to, you know, have a lot of different things happening in the online space. It's just resulting in better software speaking to one another, different roles and opportunities needed in the online space, because also we see some of these offline people pivoting to the online space. So whereas, yes, there has been some, you know, a lot of tragedy. I'm not, you know, it's just been heartbreaking to see the result of this pandemic and how it's impacted our world and continues to impact this world. You know, there's this kind of glimmer of light that we see that's happened over the last 24 months. That's been a lot of innovation happening in our digital space. And I'm, and I'm excited to see how that continues to play out. Yeah, Tasha Booth here. So I love what both uh, Lauren and Sarah have already said. I think especially what I'm seeing is that a lot of the businesses that are brick and mortar businesses or were brick and mortar businesses that are now in the online space for the first time, they were often technology resistant. And so all of a sudden there's this new landscape that they have to navigate and they're like, crap, I have no idea what to do, right? And we have such an opportunity as those service providers who already understood the technology. If we continue to keep up and keep pace with the changes in technology, we have such an opportunity to support them. For example, all of last year and all of next year, we've been working with this Emmy award-winning gardener of all people (laughs) who has a seven-figure business teaching people how to garden. And like he was online a little bit before, but now his entire business is online because so many people have become plant moms during the pandemic. You know, there's all of these opportunities. And he's like, I'm a great gardener, but do I know how to launch anything? 
absolutely not. Right? And there's so many opportunities there. So I think that as long as you show up in excellence in what you're doing and keep up with the pace of what is happening around you, there is so much opportunity there for you to support people who never thought that they were going to need you, but need you more than ever right now. Yes, I have so much that I could add here. I want to try to stay tight and not repeat anything. I think a lot of us are seeing some of the same trends, but what I see is the online business strength continues to grow. We know that the numbers, all of my friends have been talking about the numbers of people that have flocked out of necessity or out of pivoting into the online space or digital marketing space, leveraging digital marketing. I want to say that those people who have been able to make that switch or pivot swiftly. That's hard to say fast. Those people who have come over quickly, who have embraced this kind of new land that they're finding, their businesses are exploding. The gardening company that Tasha just talked about, hello, they're going to explode because their market is now quadruple the size. So you think about a business scaling so much faster than you've seen in the past. Now we're looking at it from the service provider space, the employment opportunities, the the stability that they need and from a workforce perspective to be able to do that. This is where you listeners come in. This is where our gifts actually shine. So let's take advantage of this market shift, albeit heartbreaking as Sarah pointed out, just devastating. We've had personal tragedies, et cetera, from the pandemic. But when you think about it economically, look at the impact in the online business And in online businesses growing and scaling faster, that turns us to the employment opportunities that are available. Every single person that you're listening to today is passionate about helping women or people in general to find their gifts that come through service so that they can in turn create the life that they desire by leveraging those gifts. That was exactly my resignation story out of corporate, right? I had these small children, They felt small at the time. They were six and nine. And I was ready to start living in integrity with what I really wanted to be when I grew up. I was blocking that because I was living a corporate life that just wasn't conducive to that. So this is happening in groves. And I love what I can see from an employment perspective is the amount of remote work is through the roof. The next thing is you have the ability to be a generalist or a specialist. We talked about this earlier in the podcast today, but you have the ability, and sometimes it's just maturation. It's just the time that you have been here. I know when I first started, I know when Jordan's, pardon me, when Jordan came into business, we were serving all the people in all the ways. With time and experience, we began to whittle this down. And I'm seeing lots of people shaking their heads right now because we've all done that, right? So you have the space, the grace, and I want to give you the encouragement that if you want to be just a launch manager and you only want to focus on that, you actually can do that now without going through 19 clients to feel validated that this is worth it. So the employment market is where I'm going to shift us to Next, and Michaela, give us an idea of how you see in your student population how employment opportunities are are changing. So I've been in the helping others get started space now for the last over four years. When I first started, I was mostly helping women. Their clients were other online business owners. So other course creators, podcasters, businesses that were done predominantly online. A big shift I'm seeing lately is more and more traditional businesses and companies are shifting from hiring employees to hiring 
independent contractors, freelancers, service providers for either a virtual assistant role or a very specialized role. That has been really, really cool because when you think about, you know, in the online space, a lot of people starting are like, oh, who's going to hire me? How am I going to stand out? You go in a Facebook group and someone posts, I'm hiring. And there's, you know, a hundred people saying, oh, here's my portfolio. Here's my, like, let's talk. I do this. And when the traditional market, like people in your local community start to be open to the idea of hiring independent contractors, it's just the opportunities. That's where I see a huge shift in opportunities. And one specific industry that I'm shocked that is hiring freelancers, and I'm seeing such demand here, is the health community. So I have a lot of former nurses, a lot of like dental hygienists, like people in these traditional medical backgrounds, nurses, and they're like, what can I do in the freelance space? Like my experience lies in taking care of patients. Like, no, that's so wrong. We don't have to go into that today. But there are now a lot of medical facilities, solo practitioners, therapists who are either taking their business online or can't fill in staff people anymore. And so they're hiring virtual support staff to to fill in those gaps and fill in those needs. And I just see that as like one specific example that just blows me away. Yeah, I just will echo everything that Michaela just said. It's Sarah Wiles here. I think what's so interesting as we go about our everyday lives and like I go to a gym, you talk with people in your life. And I got started in the online space in 2017. And I can tell you at that time, no one knew what a virtual assistant was. I would literally make up stories about what I do just so I wouldn't have to get in that awkward conversation with someone. What do you do? I'm like, I do social media, right? Literally, my realtor thinks I still am a social media manager and tries to send me clients to this day because I'm like, I'm just not going into it, you know? Now people are like, not only do I know what a virtual assistant is, but I need a virtual assistant. How can I find a virtual assistant? And that is happening in my day-to-day life with people who, you know, might not even necessarily know what it is that I do. And so I have seen that. I think what's hard for our space is that we're in an unregulated industry, right? Which means it's really hard for us to get hard data, right? We have our own data in our businesses that we collect for ourselves, but we don't have industry-wide data, right? So what I can tell you is I run a matchmaking service. And so I just see leads come through my service. So I can just use my own data sets to see what's happened. And I can't remember the exact number, but just in the beginning of 2021, we had a 300% increase and over 300% increase in people coming to us, right? Finding us and saying, please help me find a virtual support provider. And so from a shift perspective, yes, more brick and mortar folks are looking to virtual support providers for so many reasons, including the fact that there's a lower health risk in hiring somebody virtually, right? That's one less person that you have to contact trace and be worried about, you know, transmitting something and then having that risk factor. But the virtual support space is we have infiltrated y'all. So good job, everybody. Yeah, Sarah Noked here. So yeah, absolutely echoing back what Sarah Wiles and Michaela said. Yes, there is so much changing and so much of that is amazing. And I think for me, what I've noticed, not just in our digital space, but also amongst my friends who are in corporate, is that they're like suddenly like, oh my God, working from home? 
it's sweet. Whereas before they're like, you know, I love getting dressed and putting on my heels and going to work. I'm like, you're lying. And they're like, no, really. It's amazing. I love going on business trips and doing all these things. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't like commuting and you don't like sitting in those stuffy meetings and all that stuff. And I think what I've noticed is that now that these people have officially been working from home, they've had a lot of time to really enjoy the work from home space. And they've been thinking a lot about how can I rescale? How can I upscale? How can I leverage my transferable skills? And that has been the biggest change I've seen is, you know, we've been running programs, training OBMs for a while now. And, you know, before it was a lot of people in the space, you know, whether it be virtual assistants or social media managers or people coming in who wanted to, you know, add OBM onto their offerings of services. Now we're seeing lawyers and dentists and basically anybody who's been at home for the last little while start to really think about their skills in a different way and how that is an opportunity really to get a piece of the pie. And so I've just seen a lot of people really loving working from home. And I think that is going to have repercussions for many years to come. Cause I don't know. I was like, my friends are like, I have to go back two days a week now. And I'm like, that really is terrible. But I mean, it's great that the economy is getting back, I guess, to itself in some ways, but people are, aren't going to be able to let go of that working from home. Yeah. This is exactly the great resignation as we know it today. For all of the reasons that we've already talked about today, we're seeing the need for people to be able to live in better integrity with themselves, right? Instead of having to fit a mold that your mama, your grandma, whoever it is told you you needed to do because you wanted to be, they wanted you to be better. We're getting to redefine that for ourselves and for the economy is telling us we have permission to do it. So that is absolutely wonderful. We have a hiring agency here inside of the ops authority. And so we have several people coming to us, several, like we have three people. (laughs) We have people coming to us all the time, helping them to hire their people. What we are seeing from an employment perspective is because, like I mentioned before, the online space is growing. If they're going to be scaling, they're going to need more people to help them to create, sustain, deliver, market, all of those things. With that, something that is really, really unexpected. And maybe you don't really adapt to this very well, or you don't prefer this method as well, but we are seeing full-time opportunities grow tenfold. So if you have been in a corporate environment and you're looking for, or full-time employment in brick and mortar, either way, if you're looking for that full-time income and you have the availability and that's something that is interesting to you, full-time remote opportunities are everywhere. They're not just here for the online space. You see large corporations going 100% remote. My husband works at a very large company. It is a company that had, that I worked at as well for 15 years. And that company would never have entertained remote work. My husband hasn't been back into the work. Well, he's been in the workforce, but he has not been into that building since March of 2020. So you're seeing the adaptation that the economy has had into the opportunity for us. But now you as a service provider, you get to pick your poison. You get to pick your pleasure. 
right? Whichever way you want to look at it, you get to determine if you want to be a specialist, a generalist, if you want to be full-time, if you want to run a business where you have multiple clients, if you want to set up an agency. I mean, you have so many different opportunities, but from a market and employment perspective, you have the opportunity to work full-time if you desire. You also have the opportunity to build a service-based business easier than you ever have in the past. Alrighty, friends, let's wrap this up, this first part. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. What is the biggest obstacle that you see your service providers that you are interacting with on a daily basis? What are some of the things that you see them struggling with? Lauren, we'll start with you. Sure. I think someone mentioned the word uh, mainstream earlier. And if you didn't, that's what I took away from what you were saying. So we were talking about how four years ago, when a lot of us got into this space around the set of several of us got into this space around the same time, you had to explain what freelancing was. I mean, people didn't know, or if they knew what freelancing was, it was like, they thought you had to code stuff or like a freelance photographer. Like most people didn't understand how accessible it was to them that they could be an online service provider or do this independent contractor work. And it's become mainstream. Yes, now people know not just what freelancing is, but people know what VAs are. Courses have even become mainstream. I mean, universities are putting out ads for their like online course, not like a university, but like us course creators have done. And I'm like, get out of my space. Like, but it's, it is, it's going mainstream. And one of the good things about that is that all of our cost per acquisition hopefully goes down because the education's there. The flip side of that coin is that there is more competition. And so there is more competition. And the biggest obstacle I see right now is because things have become mainstream, the people who really stand out, Tasha, I loved, I like started glowing when you used the word excellence earlier. That was not the word I wrote down to a future question for next week's episode, but I loved it because I, I just, those are the people who stand out, the people who are truly providing the solutions I think it's really important to note that as independent contractors, as service providers, as whatever you're doing in your fields, the people who win are the people who care more about their clients' results than their own. And so a lot of people are like, I want to start a business and I have all of these goals that I want to reach and I want to quit my job or I want to hit a 10K month. And I do, and these things are important. Like goals will motivate us, but the people who win, the people who stand out, the people who serve with excellence are the ones who care more about honing their craft and serving to get their clients, their results. And I think when we can shift that mentality of my students, the ones who don't quite get that, they haven't had that breakthrough yet, that aha, that like, your business isn't actually about you. It's about the people that you serve. Those are the ones who I'm seeing struggling still. Even though there's so much opportunity right now, they're the ones who are like, well, I'm having all these, it's not landing, it's not whatever. And I'm like, I know that's the missing link, but it's kind of this internal mental switch. And the ones that are just, their biggest obstacle is that they literally can't hire fast enough to handle the load of referrals coming to them are the ones who show up and serve with excellence and care more about their clients' results. Hey there, it's Tasha. Lauren, thank you so much. Loved everything that you just said. I see that a lot of the people that I work with, especially because they're already established in the virtual support space, it's going from 
thinking about themselves as an implementer to thinking of themselves as the CEO of their business and thinking bigger than what they ever thought before. I like to always say like 5K months are just the beginning, right? And I think that sometimes we get into this bubble, into this space of like, well, as a virtual support pro, like once I've made 5K, like, boom, that's it. That's the best it's going to be. When there is so much more universe out there, so much more opportunity. But I think it's a matter of treating your business like a business and showing up and saying, how do I need to show up as the CEO of my business? What do I need to think in terms of visioning for the future of what I want my business to look like? Do I want it to stay just me in my business or do I want a team or an agency or something like that? And then really taking the steps and being strategic about what those next steps are. We think in terms of, I always think in terms of my business in three buckets, right? So we've got operations, we've got delivery, and then we've got marketing. And a lot of us are amazing with operations, right? Like we're like, check the box amazing. I'm good at that. That's why I'm here. Right. And we're good at delivery. That's why our clients hire us. That's why we don't have a pipeline problem. But then when it comes to marketing, when it comes to being the face of our business and being in the forefront, like, holy crap, like that is hard, you know? And that is the thing that so many people struggle with that I coach. And the thing is, it's not a matter of like not knowing how to show up or not having enough materials of how to market. It's really the mindset of I'm stepping into this new part of who I am and this new being of who I am and believing that you are amazing enough, like Jordan was saying before, that you're amazing enough to show up and take up space in the online space and that people will come to you for that. Yeah. Jordan here to wrap it all up. You know, it's interesting because I love this question a lot because what I see a lot of service providers struggle with, I guess, specifically online, if we're, we're talking that is knowing the boundaries <laughs> that are actually going to help support them to serve at their highest level of excellence. I love the word excellence as well. That is one of our core values. And, you know, for us, are you somebody who has a superpower of focus? Are you somebody who likes a lot of meetings? Are you someone who hates meetings? Are you somebody like get to know yourself I like the visual of when you're on an airplane and they tell you to like put your mask on first before helping others. Like you need to know like how you're going to be able to best serve people. Because if you're out here willy nilly, just helping people with whatever they ask you for. I was five months in my business when I got to burnout. It did not take that long. And I just know that it seems like, oh my gosh, I just need to go out and help people in whatever they need. And really like before you even can help someone else, you need to ensure that you know yourself really well. And I know Natalie speaks this a lot as a 9632 Colby. I know like what is going to create the best experience for my clients, for my students, whoever, because I know myself really, 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 really well. And therefore I can serve at my highest capacity because I'm not going to move and adjust for anybody because that's not going to actually produce those client results that Lauren's talking about. Like you're not going to be able to even get there if you're burnt out, if you're doing 17 million things, you got to start with yourself for first, put that mask on first before you start helping others. Oh my goodness. I am like burnout is a complete reflection of the lack of boundaries all the time. So we could go and have like six more podcasts on this topic right here. Uh, the words that I wrote down when I was thinking about the biggest challenge were just actually very much piggybacking off of what these women have said, but actually claiming your gifts. Just look at them for gifts. Think about what people have told you time after time. I, I say this a lot. And you guys, if you're 
frequent listeners to the podcast, you've probably heard this more than you wish to know. But I remember, you know, being eight years old, making lists. I remember being in student council in high school and people telling me that I was a leader and being kind of embarrassed about it. Like, oh my gosh, I remember people calling me bossy. I remember people wanting to be in my group projects. Like if I reflect back over the journey of my life, there have been all of those things that I could have interpreted as good or bad, whatever, never know the hormone that's happening at that moment. But whenever that came to me as a mature adult, I can look back and say, wow, Nat, you're really detailed wow, Nat, you really make good relationships. Wow, Nat, you really deeply connect with people and your heart is always on your shoulder and everybody knows that who interacts with you. So how do I take those wonderful gifts that didn't seem like gifts all the time? Remember the person who calls you bossy also means to tell you it's a backhanded compliment that you're amazingly detailed and you have no problem reaching out to make sure that we get these things done, right? So taking all of those messages that you have received and claiming them for the greatness that you are. And now let's monetize those gifts because every single person has them. We all, all seven of us today, show up using those gifts in different ways, but a lot of our gifts overlap. The other thing was that clarity. Claim it, get clear, and just put it out there. We spend a lot of time talking about the vision state for yourself, you personally, not your business, but you. So what does success look like for Sarah, for Tasha, for Jordan in five to 10 years? What does that look like? Well, we better get our booties in gear today to work towards that, or we're going to end up like a lot of our parents did doing the same thing they were told to do because it was the safest thing to do and feeling very mediocre five to 10 years down the road. Friends, it is absolutely possible to turn that on its head. You're looking and listening to seven people who have done that, who had the ability to do the same thing that the world taught us, showed us was safe. And we took ourselves a little more seriously. We told ourselves that our vision, what success looked like, could be so different. And it was up to us to actually take that action. So as you're walking away today and as we're wrapping up 2021, I want to tell you that you're in a really good position to become the next version of yourself. We are super excited to be on this journey with you. I encourage all of you to like, follow, share this podcast episode. We want you to come into our communities. We realize that we share communities here and I'm inviting you today to do the exact same thing. Thank you guys for hanging out. I want you to come back next week to the next episode where you're gonna hear a few more insights from this incredible panel. Thank you guys for hanging out today. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.